this is fun and weird. <laughs> Hello. Instead of looking around for your faces here, as I am wont to do when we are in normal circumstances, I'll be talking to you through a camera way down back at the sound booth. So as you get used to seeing me in this way, I will also get used to seeing you in that way. I'm just going to take a breath a moment. This is an interesting place to be. John had mentioned um, back when we had initially suspended services that it was very disorienting to preach to an empty sanctuary. And you are absolutely right. So this is my first time being back here preaching, but without you here. So we have done it to a video. I've done it in my, in my office with my kid's crib behind it, but I haven't done it in this way. So this is fun and weird, and we'll do this together. <laughs> and as we go into this in subsequent weeks, we'll have fun with it, we'll learn, and we'll just come together more and more as we build into these live stream services. So for this Sunday, for this morning, live in this moment, we're going to turn to the Gospel of Matthew. We're turning to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9, way down at the very end of the chapter, verse 35. And we're, we're entering into Matthew um, kind of at the beginning. So the Sermon on the Mount has already happened. Jesus has been healing and, and preaching and going to synagogues and going through towns and villages. And Matthew is coming to a moment where Jesus' mission shifts it shifts to the disciples. So listen then for the word of God. Jesus went through all the towns and the villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless. They were like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Moving into chapter 10. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him, and he gave them authority to drive out impure spirits, to heal every disease and sickness. And these are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, who's called Peter, his brother Andrew. There was James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles, it's kind of an implicit yet, or enter any town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. And as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. 
and heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, for freely you have received. Freely give. This is the word of the Lord for us this morning. Thanks be to God. What has been your picture of the church during this time of isolation? Back in March, the last week of what I would consider normal, when we had just made the decision to suspend in-person worship, and at that point we're just doing it for two weeks, we needed a picture to post on our website, on social media, to go along with the announcement. And so I snapped a picture of this sanctuary, empty and quiet. And it seemed fitting for that moment because our best Christian response then was to love our neighbor by protecting each other, by staying away from one another, by not gathering together in the way that we are used to. And as I turned the lights off in the sanctuary after snapping that picture, I knew we made the right call. I knew we did the right thing. But I wondered when we would fill these pews again. When we would get to come back together. And I know that for many of you, this picture of an empty sanctuary, even this morning, a church with an empty sanctuary, can be discouraging. You've shared that with me. It, it, it can make you feel lonely. It can make you feel disconnected. And when we are together, we are quite the crowd. And it just feels so full. And when this place is full of laughter and friendly chatter and kids running around the building and Sunday school getting out and all of us having coffee together or when we're in this space and we're singing a song that we know as a congregation so well, it's one of our heart songs, and the way that this space fills with that, oh, it's so good. It's so good. And so, understandably, a lot of our energy our conversations, our focus as leadership, as worship, as all of that, has been about getting us back together here. To get to the moment when we can fill up the pews and get to be here again. And standing in this empty space, I get that. I love our bigness. I love the joy we have when we come together. I love being able to feed off that joy when I preach when we're all together. And I miss it. And I know you do too. And if a picture of an empty building, if a picture of empty pews is all that we have to go on, well then of course we want to be filling up that emptiness as quickly as we can. To get back together, whether it's at 30% or whatever, whether we have to wear masks or not, whatever, whatever we have to do to fill that emptiness. But is the picture of an empty building, is the picture of empty pews, really the best picture of the church during this time of isolation? Is it the best picture of who we are as a congregation during this time? 
What has been your picture of the church? Tucked away in the Gospel of Matthew is this little hinge passage that we just read. Matthew has, as I said, taken us from the the heights of the Sermon on the Mount and then into a whirlwind depiction of, of the ministry of Jesus, preaching and healing and healing and preaching. And, and Matthew provides us this very succinct sentence of, of the ministry of Jesus up until this moment. It's the very first verse we read. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. And then, in, in just a few verses later, Matthew uses almost that same rhythm, that same description for the ministry of the 12 that he sends out. Preach, heal, go out. But before we turn our focus there, because we will, Matthew takes a moment, he takes a beat to give us a glimpse of Jesus in this moment. Why Jesus sends them out in the first place why Jesus gathers them and then scatters them. Why he pushes them out the door and into the villages and towns to preach and to heal. Matthew tells us that when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. The glimpse we have into why Jesus sends his disciples is a glimpse that shows us he's not moved primarily to preach the kingdom of heaven because of the sin of everyone around him. He's not primarily motivated to, to, to send out the 12 because, well, he's entitled to their souls and they better get on the Jesus bandwagon. There's no judgment or finger-waving. Jesus actually reserves most of that for oppressive religious leaders, but that's a whole other sermon but Jesus sends them out of compassion because the people around him, the people he saw, were harassed and helpless. And these two words, harassed and helpless, the words that this is being translated into, they can more literally be translated as mangled and cast down. When you get to more literal meanings, almost like just People is a description of people who walk with difficulty or to take another step towards misery. One, one translator says it, it, it's, it's so hard to give the force of what Jesus saw, but in modern English, it's just, it's a way of describing people who just are barely making it. And instead of looking the other way or ignoring them or going on about his far more important kingdom business, Jesus sees them. And his heart goes out to them. And he feels compassion for these broken ones, for these ones who are barely making it. And then Jesus looks at those who follow him those who are close to him, those who are gathered around him, his disciples. And he nudges them 
to see it too. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the harvest field. And I kind of love to imagine that just as the disciples are kind of getting ready to have a prayer meeting, where they're going to meet together to pray to God to raise up leaders and missionaries who they can support, put on their mission board, and send out, that Jesus gathers them and says, oh, you, <laughs> you, you, are, you are the ones that you're praying for. You are the ones who are going to go out. And so he gathers them. In the middle of their praying for people to rise up and sends them out. Into the towns and villages, just like he does. To heal the sick, just like he does. To proclaim the kingdom of heaven, just like he does. To be moved by compassion for those barely making it, just like he is. What's the picture of the church that Matthew gives us here? In this first instance of Jesus sending out his disciples. This snapshot taken by Matthew, the picture he takes of the church, it shows us a group of disciples scattered, sent into towns and villages, moved by compassion for those who are harassed and helpless, who are just barely making it, in order to bring life and healing and hope in the name of Jesus. That's a picture of us, too. In pre-pandemic days, which seemed so long ago and also not that long ago, our picture of church was pretty straightforward. For many of us, it meant coming together on Sunday morning here, all of us, connecting with folks, and maybe showing up for a program or a ministry or class throughout the week, some of you twice, some of you three or four times a week depending sometimes on the size of your family. And being church, the picture of church that we had was being busy at church. But here we are. We are scattered and separate. These pews remain empty. And there's no being church by being busy at church. Not even for staff. And I know that there's a rush to get back here. And if our picture of the church right now is only empty pews, well, then our only answer is to fill them up as quickly as possible. But what if we saw ourselves more like the snapshot here in Matthew? Because right now, we are a picture of the church scattered all over Waterloo Region in this very moment. We are in neighborhoods and cul-de-sacs in Baden and Ayr and Waterloo. We are in condos and apartment buildings in Cambridge and downtown Kitchener. We are on farms and wide, beautiful, open spaces in Wellesley and Bright. We're not just scattered and apart. 
were sent with purpose, with compassion, with mission. So for us this morning, in this moment together, what does it look like for us to lean into that picture of church? To follow Jesus into our towns and villages to look at our neighborhoods and our neighbors and our towns and our cities with compassion, with special attention to those around us who are barely making it. There are some of us who do that really well and there are some of us who are still learning how to do that and there are some of us who are just like, no, let us get back here right now because this is church. We're coming at this from so many different views and experiences and hopes. But we're all still sent. What can it look like to love and look at with compassion in the neighborhood you live? This past week, the body of George Floyd was buried in his hometown of Houston. His death as one who was harassed and helpless, who was mangled and cast down, has set off a global movement of compassion, of anger, of protest, and action. But this week at his funeral, Before his broken body was laid to rest, his life was remembered. And George was known and remembered as someone who looked around his neighborhood, the third ward in Houston, and paid special attention to those who were barely making it. In one interview, a local pastor said that the most of his church's discipleship and outreach ministries into into that community was made possible because of George, because of his influence. There was a Christian hip-hop artist who was doing a benefit concert um, in, in the community that George lived. And he remembers the first moment he met him. He said, George said to me, I love what you're doing. The neighborhood needs it. The community needs it. And if you are all about God's business, well, then that's my business too. He said, whatever you all need, wherever you all need it. Tell him Floyd said, you're good, and you'll get it. George knew his community, and his community loved him, and they listened to him. And it's with his help and the respect that he had in his community that that congregation was welcomed in ways to help and to minister in body and soul in ways that they never would have had without him. A pastor that worked closely with him said, George Floyd was a person of peace, sent from the Lord that helped the gospel go forward in a place I never lived in. George looked around his neighborhood with compassion And he saw the cycles of violence and poverty in a generation of young men without their dads. 
and he worked and labored and partnered with others to bring healing and hope in the name of Jesus in the place he lived. These past few months have revealed so much about the world we live in and just how much work there is left to do. And it can seem like an overwhelming task. We don't know where to start, and the problem seems so big and so impossible, it's far easier to think of them as problems somewhere else. But Jesus still pushes us out into our towns and villages, our streets, our communities, asking us to look with compassion to look for those barely making it. Not to look the other way or go about our business, but to find ways to bring healing and hope in the name of Jesus in the place we live. Matthew does not tell us how this went for the disciples. He doesn't tell us exactly how their missions went, what they did, how successful they were. Eventually, we know they returned to Jesus after being sent out, but we're not given the details. You don't know if they were confident or discouraged, if they were energized or fearful. We just know that Jesus sent them. And they went. And maybe that's the point. We are just the workers. God is the Lord of the harvest. And we are called to be faithful where we are, and to leave the rest to God. I think that is the beauty of Matthew's snapshot of a scattered and sent church. Simon and Andrew, James and John, Thomas and Matthew, every one of the disciples only knew the small actions that they took. In this particular town or with this particular person, and they may have felt like they were not doing so much. But when all of those moments and all of those encounters and all of those small changes were added together, their impact was so much greater than if they had all stayed in one place. The picture of the church, the, the picture of our church, is not empty pews or an empty building the picture of the church of this particular group of disciples, of Wilma and Carl and Steve and Michelle and Greg and John and Emily and Elliot and Kim and Mike and Jordan and Julie and Heidi and Levon and Gary and Adrian and Dennis and Cheryl and Anne and Chris, Joshua and Connor, Henry and Evan, all of us sent into our own towns and villages to look around with compassion on those barely making it, on the harassed and the helpless, and to be bringers in small ways and faithful ways, to be bringers of hope, of healing, of compassion and love in the name of Jesus. The picture of the church is not empty pews. but a compassionate 
and sent people to the places they live. So may our eyes be opened to those around us who are barely making it. If you don't think they're there, you need to look harder. May our hearts be moved by compassion just like Jesus. And may the Lord of the harvest gather up all our efforts, our actions, our prayers, big and small, so that healing and hope may come to our towns, our villages, the places that we live, the places that we've been sent. Amen. Amen. Please pray with me. Our compassionate and sending God, we come before you this morning scattered all over this region. And you know where we are. You've sent us. You've invited us in to the mission of your son, our Lord. Help us to see our communities more clearly. Help us to see the problems as well as the things to celebrate. As we look forward to coming back together, Father, when we do, may we have such stories of the communities we live in, the needs that are there, and maybe how we can apply our big, beautiful identity together to reach out, to love, to show compassion, and to work for healing and hope in our communities. Bless us, your scattered people, as we have listened to your word and come to your table, as you have so freely given to us, may we freely give to others. In the name of Jesus, the sending one, we pray. Amen. Amen.